you, you know, you get back from the end of the day, you're tired. Um, the last thing you want to do is think about cooking and then also having to, you know, clean up the dishes that you used afterwards. Hi, my name is Anand. I'm an MBA student at the University of Toronto. Welcome to The Why Coordinate, the weekly podcast where we discuss the why behind human society and behavior, using lessons from pop culture and our own experiences to lead a more intentional, efficient, and happy life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Y Coordinate podcast. And this week, I have a very special guest with me. Um, it, she is um, Lara. I will not butcher your last name, Lara, so when you introduce yourself, you can tell us what your last name is. Um, I, I know Lara through extension because she was um, Raghav's ex-academic teammate. And um, things I know about Lara, uh, so far, and I guess we'll get learn more about her as we progress for this episode. She is very, very organized. So as part of this podcast, I have a notion page for every episode where I put in notes. And I've had so many guests. Lara, Lara, there's no one else who's put in so many notes on that notion page than she did. Like I am scrolling through them, like 20 bullet points on what we're going to talk about today. And um Another thing was that she makes this Excel spreadsheet of like all the deliverables. Um, in fact, I was, Lara, I was using your spreadsheet in like term two. <laughs> because oh my God, you guys are too me. funny about this spreadsheet. <laughs> um, and yeah, so, and, and another thing interesting I find, like I've found is that like I get invited to some place, to someone's party or event. And then you show up there as well. And I have no idea. Like, I'm always thinking, how does Lara know this person? And then how does she know this person? Because you're not in the same section, not in the same, like, so that, that's also very interesting that um, these are all things that I know about you now, but let's get into it. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, your background? And- <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um so uh, I'm Lara Broder. Um, so that's how you pronounce my last name. Little French too for you there. Um, I was born in Montreal, but raised in Toronto. So this is my home where we are at Rotman. Uh, do not ask me for places to eat or go out in downtown Toronto because I spent no time here while growing up. I was all kind of more uptown. I then um, went off to Queen's uh, University in Kingston a few hours away for those of you who aren't around from here. Um I spent an incredible four years there. It was an absolute riot. Uh, and I studied economics and then made a bit of a change when it came to my career and went into the commercial bank at CIBC, where I worked with clients on their treasury services. Uh, realized I didn't love selling you know, financial products as a job uh, and made the pivot to you know, go back to school, figure out what's next. That's how I landed at uh, Rotman this past year and it's it's been such a fun time I've met so many people as you mentioned like I apparently know a lot of people from different sections that I didn't realize was like a thing about me but you're actually the second person to say that this week I was talking to one of our other classmates Suha and she was like yeah this is the one person from section three that a lot of people know because apparently my section was like pretty much kept to themselves and I know a ton of people from different sections so I don't know how that's happened, but apparently I've managed to sneak my way into different groups. Um, yeah, so that's a bit about me. I'm currently, you know, figuring out what's next for me career-wise, but thinking it's going to do with people. I'd love to get into kind of human capital consulting and help companies 
work to develop proper org structures and policies to create proper cultures in their organizations. Um, so yeah, that's that's a bit about me. And uh, you know, ask any questions you have that you want to know. Yeah, that's uh, and another two more things that I remembered about Lara that I know. One is of course she's an amazing baker. Um, I've had so many of your cookies and then brownies uh, in the past year um, and I'm saying that because I'm hoping I'll get more this year <laughs> more of those <laughs> invite me to parties to receive baked goods and I can't guarantee it'll happen if I'm too tired <laughs> <laughs> sure and the other thing is that she's also pretty uh, amazing at Cards Against Humanity. Stop. I don't know if that's something to brag about or if that's something that like I should just keep quiet because usually that means I have a weird sense of humor. <laughs> I mean, clearly it, it, it clicks uh, because I mean, to win in Cards Against Humanity, you need to have your sense of humor aligned with everybody else in the game. <laughs> Works somehow. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to make a clarification here because this has come up in two podcasts now, the one where I was recommended by Raghav and now they have this obsession with this Excel file and my old teams have this obsession, obsession with this Excel file I create at the start of each term that essentially just lays out all our deliverables in like in an order and tells you, you know, what class they're for, how much percent they're worth, if they're a team or not. And every term my old team has asked for them. And this term, they all messaged me complaining about have to do it themselves when it takes you maybe five minutes. So these guys are just complainers and like overvaluing this tiny little Excel file. And I don't know why it's become like a thing about me now. No, it's it's because just the, the initiative or the thought to do something like that, where, I mean, to have it set it up. In fact, I, I took inspiration from you and uh, took it a level like one level ahead where I export imported that into my Google calendar. So now it shows up as an event with the pitch and everything. Oh yeah. Mine's um <laughs> so I get I guess I'm organized. I have a Google calendar that has everything in there. I have the Excel file and I actually have a physical agenda. And mm-hmm. I tend to have weekly sticky notes to tell me what I have to do in a week. <laughs> so I'm a little obsessive in that way. <laughs> Yeah, and you had, not only do you have on that Excel spreadsheet, what is the deadline, but you also have like a target completion date of when you would ideally like to, so you basically set your own deadlines with like a, for me, the actual deadline is at 11.59 p.m., which means that the deadline is 11.59 p.m. and 11.55 p.m., I'd probably be still working on it. Oh, no, that's like my worst nightmare. I hate (laughs) going up to deadlines. It happens. I'm not going to say it doesn't, but not a fan yeah you after the point you don't have enough breathing room to do that like that luxury is no longer there especially like with the accounting assignment this week like she could have given open it on friday then we'd have the weekend to work on it a little bit it opened up on monday so it's going to be it's uh, going to be tight yeah. yeah that'll be a bit of a pain but whatever that's part of rotman i guess yeah that's they, they won't uh, really, really experience the heat time management Okay, so the next question, which is the customary, is there a funny story about you uh, that your family about that you can share? In the notes, it just says my chair. <laughs> yeah, so I had to think about this. Um, and this is a story that's actually come up quite a few times in the past. I don't know why. I don't remember this because I was probably like three and I don't have a lot of core memories from back when I was three. But it's my dad's favorite story to tell. I don't know why. Um, but 
essentially when I was three and like, I guess growing up into three, I had this like armchair in my bedroom that my parents would sit in and read to me, you know, in the evenings and whatever. And it was just like my chair, you know, it's like a possessive toddler. That is my chair. Um, And one day it just went missing. And apparently I was just asking questions like, where's my chair? And, you know, those types of questions. And as a parent does, they just kind of danced around it when their child, like their three-year-old is asking questions. They didn't actually tell me anything. And then I kind of just dropped it. And about like a few days later, I don't actually know how much later, I was in their bedroom and playing on their new armchair that was in their bedroom, uh, just like playing around on it. I don't even know what I was doing when I like tumbled off of it and then peeked under kind of the covering for it and noticed that it was my chair underneath it. Like they had just covered it with a new fabric. But if you lifted up the new fabric, you could still see the old fabric underneath. And my parents who were in the room with me just heard like an indignant toddler cry of my chair and turned around to see me trying to drag it out of their bedroom. And for those of you who don't know me, I have dark curly hair. So just picture like a three-year-old who probably 30% of their body weight is just this tiny curly afro on their head trying to drag a chair, a full armchair out of the bedroom. And just like obviously unsuccessfully, it was probably like four or five times my weight. And they just love this story. I don't know why they love it, but apparently the image of me, just the indignation I had towards them about stealing my chair was just hilarious. But I would like to proudly say that today, if you go back to my parents' home, my childhood bedroom does have that chair in it. So I'm thinking I won out in the end there. But yeah, that, that's my dad's favorite story to tell about me. And for some reason in the past couple of years, he's said it like three or four times. So it's like re-cemented into my mind. And I'm like, do I have this actual memory? Or like, is it just because my dad keeps telling it that I've created a memory in my head, which I think is probably the case. <laughs> but yeah, that's just a weird story about me. Apparently I'm possessive. Um, I'd like to think I've grown out of it. Not sure. <laughs> but apparently I'm persistent. <laughs> and that's what I'm going to take out of it. That and you have... Um... Uh, a strong liking for specific liking and preference for furniture. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, but that was a funny story. Like, and the way you describe it is even funnier. I, if I had to describe the same story, it won't be as funny. <laughs> I like, I think it's just totally just like the thought of a three-year-old trying to drag <laughs> like a full armchair out of a bedroom because that's their chair. <laughs> and it's just something only that can happen to a toddler. Like, as an adult, if I screamed at them that that's my chair, like, they'd look at me like I was crazy. But because I'm three, it's appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) That's also true. Okay. So so, uh, the the topic you picked for this week is very, very interesting. Would you want to go ahead and introduce it? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, as you mentioned, and as many people listening know about me, I love to cook. I love being in the kitchen. I love to bake. I love to cook anything that really interesting for me but man making dinners is a chore so when it came to thinking about you know what kind of a topic I wanted to talk about I kind of knew deep down it was going to be food related (laughs) and then this one just kind of popped into my head so today we're going to be talking about why making dinner can be such a chore and that's very interesting because um, I get like when I tell people that I like 
no people ask me do can you cook that's like the the way our society mm-hmm. is set up is that for women especially in like asian societies they're expected to know how to cook right. uh, and then the question is can they cook well or not cook well for men it's like can you cook so i'm like yeah i i cook i like cooking and then they're like oh but i'm like i don't cook for myself like <laughs> there's a difference between knowing how to cook and being able to cook well but also like cooking to survive and that's exactly. something i don't do and especially if i'm living by myself i rarely cook because it's such a task to <laughs> set it up cook then you've been cooking this for an hour and then you don't even feel like eating it at the end of it yeah like if i was cooking just for myself like i'd probably be surviving off of like instant noodles um <laughs> i was recently introduced to maggie the oh. like indian instant noodles and it's a, like a full blown obsession i love that stuff So if oh. I was just cooking for myself that probably would be like 50% of my dinners but because I'm cooking for me and my boyfriend like I actually have to think about like you know nutritional value for him not just me and I can't even imagine having a kid in the future being like oh god I actually have to feed this thing so that they have the proper food groups in a day like I think that's part of what makes cooking a chore is when it's for other people yeah and not just yourself you've actually <laughs> got to think about what you're putting on the table <laughs> yeah Yes, how how do you want to like proceed talking about it? Yeah, I mean like th- I don't have like I mentioned earlier before we started uh I, there's like no scientific research that I've gone through to look for this. It's just stuff I've observed, you know, through chatting with people, through what I, I've experienced. So just, you know, I thought it'd be fun to talk about, you know, those items that make it a chore and kind of how can we move past it being a chore and I've, you know, jotted down some ideas to kind of make it fun again. Um yeah. But yeah, one of the big things oh. yeah let's start with them the like the reasons why it make yeah. like sure as opposed to like cooking like you know as a hobby or on the weekend or something yeah no absolutely and I, i think the biggest reason cooking's a chore is because you know you have to do it every day yeah. you, you know you get back from the end of the day you're tired um the last thing you want to do is think about cooking and then also having to you know clean up the dishes that you used afterwards um and i think covid really exacerbated that because it became such a monotonous task you know we weren't leaving our houses especially in toronto we had some of the longest lockdowns um you know like you start your day cook breakfast and then you cook lunch and then you cook dinner and you're doing like twice the amount of dishes you used to be doing and it just became such a monotonous chore at the end of the day that there was nothing fun happening in your life and dinner just got lumped into this awful routine and the only exciting part of a week was sometimes ordering takeout and you're yeah. like oh my god it's because i don't have to cook um so i think the monotony of it and just how much energy it can take after a long day is a huge factor of why people just dread doing it um i also think it's because we're making tons of decisions in a day you know we get up we're deciding what we're wearing if we didn't do it the night before all these little tiny decisions in a day kind of add up so at the end of the day you get home having to decide for dinner for that night or even if you kind of do one day in advance so mm. decide dinner the next night like i don't want to make another decision like when i get home my decisions are usually do i study right now or do i watch netflix and like we all know which one's the one that probably wins out the most and it's definitely not studying so to add like what am i going to make for dinner oh i don't want to like i don't want to think about that you know like i don't want to look after myself I just want to do nothing. And I think a lot of people can kind of resonate with that that they get home, they're tired, they don't want to make another decision that actually has like energy required behind it. 
yeah, yeah. And it's you, you're right. It's also repetitive. Like for example, watching Netflix mm. also, you only do it when you feel like doing it. You know, you know, you never forced to. You know, you home tired and you'd rather take a nap. You're like no, I have to like. I have to, I have watch, to watch my Netflix. Yeah. Exactly. It's not like that. So that, that sort of component of like, you know, you have to do it also makes it like a chore. Where, whereas other things are not. And for me, the other thing is like, I start thinking about like cooking a meal once I start feeling hungry. And then by that time, it's already very late. Because it'll take exactly. at least half an hour to 45 minutes before like I can eat something. Uh, yeah. And I think that ties into pretty well to my next point is we get hungry um, and then we cook, but we also start having cravings based on what our body is missing. So I know I'm iron deficient in days when I crave a steak because I don't usually eat a lot of red meat, but Mm -hmm. some nights I have to have steak for dinner or a burger for dinner because I need that red meat. So that's Mm -hmm. my body telling me I'm iron deficient. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's even worse if I have a craving and I don't have anything in my fridge that's going to satisfy it. So I yeah. just put off making dinner even more because I know that no matter what I make, I'm not actually really going to enjoy it because it's not really what I want to eat or really what my body needs. Um, and man, I have a lot of cravings and I don't know if that's just because I love a ton of different food or because I'm deficient in like a hundred different minerals and vitamins. I like to think it's the first option, but you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, oh my God, I really want pasta for dinner, but I had pasta for dinner last three nights. Um, or I really want a steak and all I have in my, you know, my kitchen is something that's going to be a vegetarian dish, um, which is going to be yummy if I feel like making it. I just don't feel like making it because it's really not what I want to eat. Yeah, yeah. And it's also like you talked about how, um, like the, the planning aspect of it. So let's say you went and bought groceries at the beginning of the week. Um or you even meal prepped, uh, something we'll maybe talk about later, but it's like you decided that you'll have some meal at a point in time when you were craving something else. And then now exactly. your, your, you know, what you want to do has changed. It's, it, it's sort of also like how, I don't know if that happens to you, but like I make a plan to meet someone like a week in advance because I was feeling really social at that moment. And then when that time comes around, I would rather not see anyone, but my former self has committed something to me that now my present self has to go. <laughs> I, I understand both of those all too well. Half the time I'm getting ready for events these days, it's like, oh my God, thank God I love this person. Because if I didn't, I don't think I'd be going. Um, and that's how I feel about food. You know, I, I struggle to do the weekly meal prep to a, a tea. Um, I will never meal prep seven, seven dinners, um, because I know that's going to happen to me. I'm going to have the food in my fridge and none of it's what I want to make. And now I've just got it. So it's going to expire. And these days groceries are expensive. You know, the first year Rotman cohort just took macroeconomics. We all know inflation is killing us right now. You know, I, you go to like anywhere, especially downtown Toronto, a block of butter is $8. And for me, that's outrageous. And also one of the ways I check how groceries prices are rising because $8 for a block of butter shouldn't be happening, yet here we are. So you don't want to waste all these expensive groceries that you have. So what do you do? You end up just not making dinner (laughs) because you just take too long to decide and then you don't feel like actually getting out everything to eat like, you know, 30 minutes later because I also don't like eating late. So if I put off making dinner for too long, well, dinner is going to be cereal so that I'm not eating 
later than I want to be. Um, And yeah, I just, I hate food waste, but it can be hard when you really don't want to make dinner. That is true. One of the sort of arguments that is made in favor of, uh, you know, so then it sort of goes back to the debate of like, should you really be cooking at home or can you just outsource that and eat out all the time? And two sort of big arguments for that is one is, of course, it's more economical to cook at home and be um, supposed to be healthier as well with fresh food. Um, but that first argument about it being more economical does not hold true for me because I'm so shitty <laughs> management. Like I'll go buy those veggies and then a week later, my onions would be sprouting new arms and legs. And <laughs> I think they're ready to run out of your kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll have to throw those out. And and that is a struggle. And I've noticed too that um, I've been leaning more towards eating out or ordering in, um, especially as the weather gets nicer, I find as well, because I'm willing to go outside. You know, in January, people ask me for dinner. I'm like, oh God, no, I'm not going out in that. Are you kidding me? But now that it's sunny and nice, like I want to go outside. I want to start being on patios, you know, yeah. seeing people. Um, and it gets even harder to be diligent about actually making your dinners at home um because it is more economical like your one onion that's run out of your kitchen now yeah. could have made you like you know, three or four dishes depending on what you're making yeah. rather than you know you buy like one dish that has like a tiny bit of onion in it for like an outrageous amount yeah. um so it does become more economical and I think that also becomes you know you need to know how to store your food but you also need to know what you can save. Um, and I'm a huge, huge believer in using the freezer. Um, so for me, it's like, okay, my onion is running out of my kitchen because it sprouted a ton of stuff. Okay. Let me chop that up. Let me just toss it in the freezer Mm. and I can use that later if I'm making a soup and a stock or anything. Um, so those little tips and tricks for the, especially the veggies that you end up not eating (laughs) can be pretty good because I am a huge, unfortunately, like very guilty of having veggies go bad because I don't make them yeah. I'm also not a huge veggie person like I don't love veggies. vegetables yeah, I, 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 I eat them but I feel like people who just love vegetables are psychopaths there's something wrong with they're lying to themselves and to society that they only like vegetables that's my hot take please don't come for me um <laughs> but no like vegetables and vegetarian dishes can be delicious they're like I am not knocking that I just can't imagine only eating you no. know, veggie dishes. That that's my person, you know, personal. I was raised in a very carnivorous household. So that's, you know, an ingrained thought into my head. But I definitely eat a lot more veggie dishes than I used to. Yeah, I mean, I come from a, a vegetarian household, so I've grown up eating only veggie um <laughs> protein. But- I can't see having vegetarian food in any other cuisine except like I feel like something is missing in any other cuisine. Um, yeah, so another thing I do sort of to combat this inventory problem is always live next to it. So that <laughs> just do like just-in-time inventory and like that grocery store becomes like my extended pantry. <laughs> yeah, I, I love living next to grocery stores and actually being close enough to it. Like, unfortunately, we don't all have that luxury. I I assume most of the Rotman community does since most of us are living in downtown Toronto and there is 
there's quite a few grocery stores available, but man, are the downtown Toronto grocery stores expensive. Um, Like I live close to them, but half the time I can't bring myself to actually shop there. I'd rather, you know, we're lucky we have a car. So I'd rather drive out to Costco or to like a food basics um, just to get some cheaper stuff than what I can buy across the street at like the local grocery store here. But I totally get your point. Like having the ability to just pop out and get what you need, it makes a difference rather than stocking up. Um, But if you stock up smartly, then you're fine. So for me, I never, if I'm meal prepping, like on a Sunday, let's say, I never meal prep more than like three to four three to four meals for the week. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I know if I meal prep seven, I'm not going to make them. I just know myself. It's not going to happen. So giving yourself the flexibility of like moving meals around is super important to kind of combat that, like, you know, that lethargic feeling at the end of a day of, oh my God, I don't want to make this dish right now. Let me order pizza and I can make this tomorrow. But then you actually have to be good about making it tomorrow. That's the only thing. Yeah. Yeah. That or like just make one sort of advice is like find a handful of recipes that you really, really, really like and just make those. Don't, don't ever make something that, you know, you wouldn't want to eat even if it's what you've been eating. So I guess that varies from person to person. I'm someone who can eat the same thing if I like it for an entire year. And I've literally done that. When I was in uh, kindergarten, uh, there was only one specific thing that I used to take as lunch to class. So much so that my class teacher, like my teacher had to comment on the next parent-teacher meeting that why do you like just give him this every day? Uh, I thought you were being tortured by having the same meal every day. <laughs> so, uh, why she specifically asked that? Because there was a friend of mine who just got like, um, I guess, like bread and butter, which takes like a minute to make. But like what my mom, what I got, took my mom like 90 minutes early in the morning to make every day. So it was definitely a very laborious thing. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like out of laziness that my mom was in me. So, my mom was like, that's what he eats. That's literally what he wants to eat. <laughs> that's all he eats. I just want him to eat something. So it's going to be that. And yeah. to what I look like right now, at that point of time, I was a skinny kid who would rarely eat. So my mom would just be willing to uh, make whatever. Uh, like, yeah. But some people don't like that. So that maybe that doesn't work for them. But like, if you have three, four things. So there's, there's uh, one specific chicken and rice, Middle Eastern style recipe that we started making even... Raga really likes it. Ash really likes it. We make those and you make like six, seven like boxes of those and we keep them in the fridge. That, if I know it's in the fridge, there's nothing on Uber Eats that I'd rather order than eat that. So, and you know, having those recipes is super important, but I'm like the opposite person. So I love all food and I love trying different cultures' foods. I think it's super fascinating. Um, and really a look into that culture is how they prepare their food. Um, so for me, I can't eat the same thing all the time because I start craving something else because I haven't had it in so long. Um, and so there, that therein lies my challenge as well is I don't have the knowledge to cook a lot of different culture cuisines. Um, like I'm still learning as I go, you know? So a lot of the time I'm like, well, I'm not going to make it because it's not going to be nearly as good. (laughs) if I went and got it but I need to make dinner so I guess I'll eat the same thing that I you know (laughs) that is a classic for me you know a steak and some veg or whatever 
So we seem to be very opposite. Like I have a couple of meals that I absolutely love that I make, but I get so bored. And I think I get bored of a lot of different things. So it's not just food. You know, I've dyed my hair so many different colors because I just, you know, I get bored. I went to see my hairdresser a few weeks ago and he's like, what are we doing today? And I was like, I'm still in business school. I can't do anything fun right now. Um, And it was upsetting. So I just get bored of things. I need to shake things up, Um, which makes it hard to make dinner because you have yeah so I just need to start going over to other people's houses and learning their recipes um that's the only solution <laughs> and and that sort of on, on your point about uh not being able to make like some weird cuisine which has very exotic ingredients that it uses there are also things which are just better much easier if you eat it outside because you need specialized equipment like for example fried chicken is something that we love but we've tried making it at home a couple of times a it takes forever with like you know everything cleaning up and everything and it's not it doesn't turn out as good as you know going to a dedicated yeah i totally agree with you there i also just you know i do a lot of different techniques in the kitchen if i can but deep frying is just something i'll never be fully comfortable with i think you know it's it can be (laughs) a little intimidating um and like the same thing for me is like i love ramen and yeah. I tried making it at home once and was like, cool, I've attempted it. Now I never need to attempt it again because I know I can't do it. I will always forever order that one out. You yeah. know, like there's yeah. just some dishes that I'm not, I'm not going to make at home. But when I come home at the end of the day and I'm like, oh my God, I just want ramen. Yeah. And all I have is chicken yeah. in my fridge. <laughs> you know, the motivation to actually cook dinner isn't really there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think you have a point about meal preparation kits, so uh, we can talk about that. Uh, did, yeah. Did, like, do you use them? Uh, I do intermittently. Um, I don't consistently because I find them a little expensive. Yeah. Um, but I do try them every so often. And I think they've really gained in popularity, you know, for these all these reasons that we've talked about. You know, they take away really sure. the decision. Like, you still have to plan your menu, but it's from a very narrow parameter. Yeah. compared to if you were just doing you know your own favorite dishes at home yeah. you know making your own yeah. so you know they give you a narrow parameter to choose from which takes away the pressure for making those bigger decisions yeah. and then they also take away the grocery shopping aspect you know some people hate grocery shopping i yeah. love it i love discovering new grocery stores but some people absolutely hate it yeah. so not having to do that not having to really decide and then everything shows up at your door pretty much pre-portioned with a bit of like prep here and there and they're usually done within like, you know, a reasonable amount of time that all of that, I think just really resonates and is why it's exploded, especially in our generation. Our generation seems to always have something going on. Yeah. You know, we're busy individuals, I find. Yeah. We like going out. We like seeing each other. And, you know, when we're not going out, when we're not seeing each other, we like to have our own downtimes. And so making dinner between all of that is just not on our on the top of mind you know so having the meal kits come in and essentially handle a lot of what makes making dinner a chore just it makes them a no-brainer except for to me because I always look at it and go I can do this cheaper because I like to cook and because I have those like general skills behind me it's hard for me to fully validate them but Mm. we've done quite a few of them so like I think they're they're super smart and they're super great uh, especially for the busy individual, which we all seem to be these days. 
Yeah, I have the same thoughts about it. I feel like they are sort of middle of the paths between like going to the grocery store and eating out. And mm-hmm. for me, they're actually worse to both worlds because I'd, I'd cook at home to sort of save money or I'll eat outside for like sheer convenience. Here, I'm not saving money entirely and I'm not getting convenience uh, yeah. either. But the things that I do like about it is one is you sort of discover new recipes, if not techniques. Um, so like we, in, in like January or February, we tried a couple, we tried Hannah Press and Chef did. And uh, so like they had this onion jam recipe with a burger, which is nice. Like just taking mm-hmm. onion and maple syrup and a few other things, which we know we have lying around. Um, so that, and more importantly for me, it's like, how do you plan an entire meal? Like if I would, you know, make um, a burger or something like just to sort of manage your time in terms of, okay, you first, I I generally just make one component from start to finish, then make the second component from start to finish. And in this instruction to sort of do step one of this first thing and then step two of this thing and uh, that. And then the fact that it's pre-portioned because what I find a royal uh, pain is like, okay, your recipe needs, let's say mayonnaise and you get this tub of mayonnaise and you use up three fourths of it. And then now you have that one fourth uh, tub of mayonnaise lying in your fridge for forever. forever. <laughs> yeah, no. And I think that's what's super smart about them. You know, I, I have a few apps on my phone that essentially do the same thing. Like you choose from lists, but you still do your own grocery shopping. And I find those can be like a happy medium because I'm still doing my own grocery shopping but they are still telling me exactly the amount I need mm. for the meals that I'm choosing. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think meal kits are fantastic yeah. if you can get over the price of them. Cause that's for me where I struggle. Yeah. And I've honestly, I've only ever done the meal kits when I get those like free coupons yeah. in the mail. That's like yeah. 75% off your next three meals or $75 yeah. off your next three meals. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll try it. Um, <laughs> But if that wasn't the case, I, I can't justify that amount of money towards a meal kit. Like you mentioned, I'd rather just go to a restaurant. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, but but the meal kits, another thing they sort of made me realize was that the groceries that I get at. So I have a no frills close to where we live and mm-hmm. no frills are obviously on like the lower end of the price spectrum. So I guess the butter does not cost $8. It's more like seven ninety nine. <laughs> um, I don't know if you just heard what you said. Butter doesn't cost that, eight dollars; it costs seven ninety nine. Yeah, that, that is there. But my point being, like, it's maybe not as expensive, but then the quality of everything is really, really bad, and especially with like meat. Yeah, you can see that that that's the like the lowest tier of chicken possible. So yeah. that made me realize that maybe I should start looking for better sources to at least. Um, but yeah, like. Raghav really loves it. I feel like Raghav <laughs> is the perfect candidate for someone like this, where he hates cooking, he hates planning, he hates grocery shopping, and but he does feel that sort of need to be uh, cooking and eating at home through mm-hmm. whatever messaging that he's received throughout his life of you know being healthier, it being cheaper, um, and he follows instructions really well. So like he's been enjoying it. He's he's ordered Hello Fresh <laughs> two times now. <laughs> That, that makes like complete sense for who he is as an individual yeah. as well. Um, but it makes like it makes total sense when you're someone who needs the instructions and who wants, you know, all that decision making, 
taken yeah. out of their hands. Yeah. Do it. It it is such a time saver and it becomes less of a chore because yeah. you know you're going to go home. You're not going to have to think about it. You can really yeah. just follow the steps. Whereas yeah. when I'm putting a meal together because I'm like, "Oh, I want this for dinner tonight." Mm. I'm thinking about all the ingredients I need. I'm thinking about the steps I need to take. Yeah. I'm thinking about all the cleanup because you know when you're not thinking a recipe through fully, yeah. uh, you end up you know, using a lot more equipment than you need to yeah, use, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. And when I make dinner, I rarely follow like a recipe to the T. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the times it's just what's in the fridge. What can I make? Uh, I do do proper dinners occasionally where I'm like, tonight we're celebrating a bit, or I haven't had class all day, you know, where I'm like, I really want to cook tonight and I make a good fun dinner, but that doesn't happen as often as I'd like it to. Uh, we've also, but I think, we've recently discovered the joys of stir frying um oh stir frying <laughs> yeah it's the greatest me and raga bought a carbon steel wok along with all the kitchen equipment back in august and it's only like a couple of months ago we discovered that you know you can actually use that for doing stuff that's been nice because with stir frying you can get a meal up and ready quite quickly like in grain grain so we've been eating a lot of stir fries but i don't know i think stir fries is one of the best meals you could make because it just needs a staple you know you just need rice which yeah. most of us almost always have yeah. and then it's a really good way to use up all those veggies you didn't eat for the entire week you know yeah. everything just goes into a stir fry yeah. um, and for me I always keep a bag of frozen shrimp in my freezer uh -huh. so if I don't have a protein and I want to put a protein in it yeah. shrimp super easy to defrost and just toss into the stir fry um so I am a huge, huge lover of stir fries as well, because the ease of them, you just whip it up. It's so fast. It doesn't even feel like you're actually having to think about it. Yeah. And, and I think it's great. It's actually, it's, and it's actually something nice. Like some people have salads and soups. I feel like those things are not that starved and happy. <laughs> I mean, I love a good soup and in the winter I make a lot of them, yeah. but unless my salad has a ton of stuff in it that it's almost no longer a salad i'm not a huge <laughs> salad person yeah, yeah as a meal i'll have it as a side but i struggle to have it just as a meal because i find myself hungry yeah i agree okay let's uh i'm just going through your long notes <laughs> we don't have to hit everything i just started going being like why do i hate cooking dinner but i love to cook and you know the thoughts just kept coming yeah, no, I'm just making sure that if there's any, there isn't any major point that we found. Yeah, so, so let's let's just sort of talk about if let's say someone's really determined to cook and eat at home. What are some things that you've experienced that work well? Yeah, so I'm definitely one of those people. I'm generally pretty determined to cook at home. It doesn't always happen, but I generally am. Um, and I find like a few ways to get around the mon monotony of it is for me, you know, this is a classic and this happens for any chore is really put on some music or a TV show or a movie that mm -hmm. you really like mm -hmm. and that you don't have to actually pay attention to. So if it's something you've seen before, it's great because yeah. it gives you a fun background noise. You can get pumped up to it, especially yeah. music. And yeah. then you can just go. You're in the zone. You're not paying attention to, oh my God, I'm making dinner. But it's like, yeah, let's move. Let's dance around the kitchen. Yeah. Um so that's a huge thing for me. You know, I've, <laughs> I thought I like broke a toe once because I was dancing while cooking. Oh. Thankfully I didn't, but like it gets you in the zone. I really enjoy it. Uh, I'm also someone who bulk bakes or bulk cooks. Mm. So 
I take generally two days mm. in a week, mm. like a weekend or if I have two days off and I cook 13 to 14 different dinners oh. um, and everything goes in the freezer. And so at the end of the day, I come home and I'm exhausted. It's like, oh, well, you know what? I've got three lasagnas. I've got some shepherd's pies, some you know chicken pot pies, some curries, some chilies, whatever I've got. I've got a ton in my freezer and they've all been home cooked. So I know that yeah. they're not you know, full of other additives and stuff. It's just stuff I made. They've yeah. all been essentially vacuum sealed. Mm. I just take it out and pop it in the oven or pop it on the stove. So I'm a huge believer of, if you have the time and the energy to put a day or two away to just get a ton of dinners out in one go, mm. do it because it'll save you so much time down the line. So during all of our exam seasons, I've had dinners already in the freezers. Mm. So I just, I'm studying something just comes out and goes into the oven. I'm studying something's out on the stove and I don't have to think about actually making it right then and there. And I don't have to have like, you know, the decision and the time to do it you know you still have to decide from the five or six dishes that you have what you're going to eat that is so much easier than deciding on a full dish so bulk cooking huge huge saver and I think like a few people in Rotman know I do that and are always like weirdly impressed by it but I think it's a huge like time saver and a great way to make sure you're eating proper home-cooked meals even when you don't feel like doing it I feel like meal prepping is like why people are impressed is because it's like literally a sign of having your life together and being like a proper. Oh, I mean, I can guarantee you my life is falling apart, but like <laughs> <laughs> the, the one thing I can put together apparently is just meal prepped. Um, Cause I, I don't know if it's a sign of having your life together. I think it's just a sign of being determined to just do it. You know, like I don't, I don't have an internship. I'm still figuring out what's going on for the summer, mm. but I can put a day away to make sure I have dinner in the freezer. Um, Cause I'm also a huge freezer person. I mentioned that before. Yeah. I think everything and anything you can freeze should be frozen because it just keeps for so much longer. Um, and it just gives you so much like opportunity and option down the line when you're not sure what you're going to eat. So that that's my little, like my, my boyfriend keeps joking. He's going to get me like a tiny chest freezer for the apartment. And I'm like, where would we put it? And it's, that's not me being like, I don't want it. That's just me being, I don't have space for it. And that makes me really sad because I would love a little chest freezer. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking because the you've seen our fridge. That freezer is really, really tiny. If I put in that one onion, that's all it will fit. <laughs> yeah, you need to play Jenga with your freezer. And I, I generally try to keep a list of what's in my freezer at all times. So like a whiteboard on my fridge will tell me what's in my freezer. So I know, you know, I've run out of dinners. I actually have to make one. Um, or I know I'm running low on dinners. Do I put a day away, you know, to make more? So knowing what's in your freezer is just as important as freezing things, because then you can eat, you know, the stuff that has to be eaten first. Yeah, that, that's also true. Like we might have things lying at the bottom of the freezer that probably bought in last September and still there when we move out of this apartment as well it's still going to be there yeah I mean I'm not immune to that either when we moved into the condo and I cleaned out our old freezer I was like oh didn't realize those were still in here <laughs> I was like I'm not gonna bother packing that that's just gonna go straight into the green bin <laughs> so you know I'm organized but it doesn't always work oh but you're more organized than 
A couple of other things I've sort of found that has worked for me was um, I've given up on like meal prepping entire meals because for me that sort of problem of this is also another thing I don't know if you've noticed where like if you've been sort of cooking it and you've been sort of in the process of like you've been smelling it for that one hour at the end of it you sort of lose the appetite to eat that whereas if someone else would have cooked the same thing to me and given it to me I would have wanted to eat that um, yep. so I don't I don't like cooking like full-fledged meals and keeping them in the fridge because anything else in the world is more appetizing than that thing in the fridge except if it's that chicken over rice uh, <laughs> I'm gonna need this recipe because apparently this is just like some godly dish or something oh, it is, it is um, like a closest it's the closest thing to uh, anyway. uh, so instead what I do is take the more laborious parts of uh, like cooking so for example for me that is peeling and chopping garlic that oh, I gosh. would do it in bulk I would like take out all the garlic run them through the food processor so I don't have to chop them and then oh yeah I'm in a glass container you keep using them um, the other thing I do is a lot of things I know I'm not supposed to be put in the dishwasher, but I'm like, I let them break. Uh, let I'm them... guilty of that too. <laughs> like we have this bamboo wooden chopping board, which like for the first couple of weeks, I hand washed it very nicely. It used to take me a good 10 minutes. After that, I was like, I don't care if you break, I'll get another one. <laughs> yeah. I, if I shop for things for my kitchen, it's almost not going to come home to me with me unless it's dishwasher safe because hand washing stuff yeah. like I have hand wash items and like you know the ones that really do need to be hand washed I look after those but whew, hand washing sucks <laughs> yeah so that, I totally get that that takes up like a big big chunk of it and and then sort of the third thing is I make only make recipes which are like shorter so like stir fry mm-hmm. sandwiches or pasta and then um this is something that i've started doing very recently like as recent as only last week was the first time i did it <laughs> like um so like my wednesdays no my thursday last thursday was going to be very busy but then wednesday evening i was completely free so mm-hmm. for thursday's lunch i sort of made it on went for wednesday like evening yep just meal prep just sort of rearrange your time in terms of okay if you don't have time around that meal time, but you feel like a day or two in advance, then you meal prep. But yeah. not not sort of beyond that. I do the same. And I all, when I cook, you know, I'm cooking for two mm. and I almost always cook for four mm. um, because then I just have another meal and that's either going to be dinner the next night or lunch the next day. And it just takes a decision off my plate, you yeah. know? So I think cooking for like, you know, double the amount that you're cooking for just makes things so much easier yeah i think two times is like a good number between like sort of getting economies of scale but also not getting really bored by having exactly like i don't i can't really cook for more than that because then i like i have it for dinner one night i have a dinner for next night and then i'm like oh i don't want to eat this for lunch or i don't want to eat this for dinner again so you know two is my max i'll have it twice a week but other than that i'm too i get too too over it I, I remember the first time when I started adulting, I moved, I moved to the US, I, I started school at Duke and I was like, okay, now I'm going to become an adult. I ordered these meal prep containers, followed this recipe, which was like for the entire week. So there were seven portions. Oh, gosh. And it was like put four in the freezer, three in the fridge. I had it for two days, Lara. And then the remaining 
five. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll, I'll have it tomorrow. And then I went and ate out and then I'll, I made something else and I had cereal and then I eventually had to throw those boxes yeah. with the food in it. <laughs> that That's me. I get so bored. I get so bored of food so fast because I'm like, okay, I've had this one cuisine like twice this week. Well, now I want something else because I've been there. Now I need that. Yeah. So I, I struggle with that a lot. <laughs> Yeah. Plus, knowing that you have the convenience of just going on Uber Eats and order. I uh, know. Although, like, Uber Eats kills me on those service fees. Like, I ordered dinner the other night, yeah. and I didn't realize the restaurant was literally across the street from me. Like, I can see it from my balcony. So mm-hmm. I ordered, and then I switched, or I was like, oh, my God, this is across the street. So I switched to takeout. Yeah. And then I ordered, and then it switched me to delivery when I ordered. Yeah. So I had to go into Uber Eats. They thankfully, you know, if you, it hasn't been picked up yet, you can still switch it to takeout. Uh-huh. So I switched it back to takeout. And it was like, kindly confirm you'll be saving $17 by doing takeout. And I was like, I'm sorry, you were going to charge me $17 for someone to walk across the darn street? Like, that's not yeah. happening. <laughs> like, I didn't want to leave my condo, but I will leave my condo to save $17 to walk across the street. Yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay, I think that's, is there any like final thoughts you have about this topic? I think one final thought on this topic is if you don't cook, don't be daunted by it. You know, Mm. we talked a lot about today about finding it be a chore and Mm. it can be, but you also have to let it become a chore. So if you take the, like the approach of like, I'm cooking dinner, I'm looking after myself and make it a fun activity, it makes a huge difference. Um, Don't be jaded like we are just go for it. And like, you can be surprised at what you can cook, especially when you follow a recipe. You know, I didn't just know how to cook all of a sudden, but I started following recipes and I started, you know, talking to people and like learning their recipes and different cuisines. And you can make so much more than you think you can. Um, So just go for it. I encourage anyone who's on the fence about starting to cook for themselves to take that leap of faith maybe start with meal kits like we mentioned and then just go from there because it can be a lot of fun and it can it can be rewarding when you're eating you know the food that you actually put on the table and on that note i also feel like so this sort of paradox happens in a lot of other things as well but like if you feel like you're not someone who cooks who's like a beginner you will get cheaper shittier kitchen equipment which makes the whole process more of a nightmare than it has Um, for sure Like, don't go out and buy, like, the most expensive things out there, but don't stock your kitchen just with, you know, the cheapest items because it will be a pain. So try to find a happy medium um, and don't cheap out on nonstick pans. Like, I love those things. Nonstick pans are fantastic um, and a very safe way if you're not comfortable, you know, with, you know, food that can stick to pans to really get a very crispy skin. Nonstick is really great. I love it. And even recipes that call for like cast iron, (laughs) sometimes I'm just too lazy to deal with cast iron. So I use my nonstick. Uh, So that's my one recommendation is don't cheap out too much on a nonstick, but everything else, find a happy medium. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when I say more expensive, I mean, like I I went to um, all those kitchen stores to get like a pastry brush. Uh, No, not, not a pastry. What did I get? Yeah, I got the got the the brush thing that you use to put like butter and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I got the one where, uh, oh, sorry, it wasn't that. It was a spatula. So it okay. was a spatula, and uh, the one I was picking up was the one that had the silicon part as the tip, and then had like a mm-hmm. hard plastic handle, which was like a different part. 
And yep. then Ash told me not to get it because it's like it'll break or it'll come off and get the one which is entirely made of silicates. The whole thing is one piece. And the difference in price between the two of them was like $5. But yeah. making that change uh, completely changed my world. That That's fine. I was spending that $5 extra because I the, the oldest time that I was picking up, I used to have that and I was miserable with it. So that's sort of the thing. <laughs> I think. Um, yeah, agreed. You know, if you're not, because you will be like, oh, I don't cook. Why well, I should probably, you know, get the cheapest things possible. And they're all extremely. Then it's like a vicious cycle of, I don't want to cook because I've got cheap equipment and cheap yeah. equipment makes cooking worse so like it's yeah spend a bit more to get a bit better of like the staples like a spatula a pan those types of things yeah. and you're good to go and like for example with knives uh the first time i bought knives i bought that entire knife block with like i don't know a gazillion knives with that wooden block set mm-hmm. and they were like these and the whole block was like i guess 80 90 bucks from walmart um and they were like really shitty knives. Instead, the next time what I did was I bought one knife for 35 bucks, but that was much better in quality because that was like, yeah. you know. So knives make are- a difference. You can get cheap knives though and still be okay. I recommend getting a knife sharpener mm-hmm. and not like a fancy one on a whetstone. Like just get one of those tiny ones that you can just drag the knife through a couple times. Mm-hmm. And if you consistently do that, even with cheaper knives, they will still be decent in the end. I don't know, the Walmart knives just gave up on me after a month. I mean, yeah. Also, always sharpen your knives, especially if you're going to cut onions. It's a hot tip. Uh, um, okay, so let's let's move to the final segment, mm-hmm. uh, which is, have you had, thought about, read about, heard, uh, insightful, thought or idea in the past uh, that you're doing? Yeah, so... And this is one I think a lot of us MBA students can take away is it's really important to listen to what your body is telling you. Um, One of my friends, uh, I had breakfast with her a few weeks ago, you know, she's still working um, and she's currently on a leave of absence because she pushed herself too hard and just woke up one morning and was like, I I can't do this anymore. So she had to take a leave of absence. Um, and we had a conversation around, you know, recognizing that earlier and intervening earlier could have prevented it. So listen to what your body's telling you. If it's telling you you're going too hard, you need to take a step back, you need to take a nap, like try and listen to it. Try to adjust your schedule so that you can take a nap. Adjust your schedule so that you have downtime to yourself or to do something that you enjoy doing, relaxing, whatever, where your body isn't constantly, you know, in go, go, go mode because burnout is real and it's really real these days and seeing my friend who's always been an absolute go-getter kind of sideline herself with a leave was like a real eye-opener to be like right this is important (laughs) and I need to start remembering that you know the last three terms at Rotman they were rough Um, and this term I'm trying to take it a little easier because I don't, I don't want to be where I was at the end of the other terms that we had where I was just exhausted and cranky. And at the end of term two, like I was sick and not, you know, with COVID or anything, but just my body was so exhausted. Like I couldn't get up. Like, I don't want to do that to myself again. So this term I'm going to try and listen better. And, you know, I suggest all my classmates out there and whoever else is listening is take a check-in with yourself today, sit down, assess how you're feeling and see what you need to do differently in the coming weeks. Uh, Because we want to have a fun summer. So, you know, 
prepare yourself for it now. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think it also goes back to what you said about like in terms of food and diet. Uh, like we, at least for me, I have a thing about, okay, this is, this is how much you should have in a meal, which is like a lunch or a dinner. And I have that. And sometimes I still feel hungry. And, but then I try to refrain from eating, like snacking because I shouldn't be eating. And then sometimes I'm not hungry, but like it's the morning. So you're supposed to have something for breakfast. So I force myself to eat. Whereas if I follow your rule about listening to my body in those moments, and I feel more hungry, I should go eat something. And then the moments when I don't feel like eating, I can skip that. Um, yeah. Same thing with naps. Like sometimes when you come back from school or work, you feel really, really sleepy. And taking that 30, 45 minute nap can really change. Um, I mean, even from a productivity standpoint, I feel like powering through three hours of low productivity when I want to take a nap, rather than taking a nap and then having really high productivity two hours is yeah, exactly. probably... Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and like, try to make that like, not just a, a thing you're doing now, assess yeah. what you need, what your body needs consistently and adjust that in. Like, I love my sleep. <laughs> and like, you can ask my first academic team. I literally told them, I was like, do not try to book a meeting with me that'll go past 10 o'clock because I will not attend. I like to be get on my way to bed by then because if I don't sleep, I'm, I'm just screwing myself over. Or my like thought process by then is just like so muddled. You're not going to get anything productive out of me. <laughs> so <laughs> assess what it is that's important to your body and what you need to keep productive and try to make that lifestyle change so that you're fitting that in. Sure. Um, okay. And then the final question. Would you like featured as a, a guest on this podcast? This is such a fun question and it's tricky because there's like a lot of good people out there that'd be super fun to have on this podcast. Um, but the one who comes to mind the most for me is Reva. I think she is an absolute hoot to talk to. I absolutely love our conversations. She's so unapologetically herself and I just absolutely love that about her. Um, you know, when we walk to class together some days because we are essentially neighbors our buildings look at each other um we always have such a fun time she's so easy to talk to she's so easy to get along with i'd, I'd love to hear what she has to say on this podcast uh, she's actually been on this podcast but, uh, has she <laughs> she has she has one of the most uh, controversial uh, topics Oh, when because I was looking through your list of people who'd been on it and I didn't see her name. Maybe I just missed her. Uh, I don't know. So she has another name that she goes on. Maybe it was listed like that. She was on. Yeah, she was on episode twenty-three. Okay, Actually. I missed her. Uh, no, but yeah, she. I agree with everything you said about her. She's very. Oh yeah, there she is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like have her again. She's great. Um, <laughs> I mean, now that you've said that, I'm trying to think of like who else yeah. to bring on. Um, another person I absolutely love is Nilufar. I yeah. think she's such a sweetheart. Um, and I think she has some absolute brilliant things to say. For sure. I think she'd be great to have on as well. Like they're both, both those women are absolutely fantastic people. Um, and I'm so grateful to call them some of my friends. And I, I think either of them would be really great to have on. I definitely try to get Nilufar on the farm soon. And with that, we come to the end of this podcast. Thank you so much for joining today, Lara. How, how was the experience? You said this was the first podcast you've you been on. Yeah, you know, I'm 
this was my first podcast. It was so much fun. I um, It's funny because you asked me and I was like, oh, absolutely. This is great. And I hadn't listened to Raghav's podcast yet because I hadn't had the chance to. And then I was listening to it, you know, leading up to this. And he gets to the end where he recommends me. And I was like, oh, it was him. That's, that's <laughs> who landed me here. Um, and like, I'm grateful for it because it's been such a fun, you know, conversation between us. And you and I haven't had a ton of like one-on-one conversations in the past. So this has been great as well. And it was a fun a fun topic that like had me thinking and once I started thinking I was like oh my god I have a lot of opinions on this apparently <laughs> um, so it's fun to get those out in the air because I think people have this perception of me that I just like love to cook and I'm always in the kitchen when like yes that's the truth but man dinners whew, it's a whole <laughs> different story for sure for sure <laughs> yeah all right Lada um I'm going to stop recording now